Hello everyone and welcome back to the Artistic Futures podcast. My name is Mary and in this series I will be meeting some extraordinary people who work in music and opera and who are keen to share their passion with the next generation. From performers to designers, directors to choreographers, you will get an insight into how a range of artists built on their careers turning what they enjoy doing and were good at into a profession. Again, it will be full of useful tips and advice for those of you who would be tempted to give it a go. So, let's get started. In this episode, I ventured slightly away from opera and met online with Owen Farrow, better known as Divina de Campo. Divina is a British drag queen and singer who has been featured on national television programs including The Voice, All Together Now and RuPaul's Drag Race UK. Her love for theatre led her to star in many stage productions. In 2002, she won the best performance in a musical at the UK Theatre Awards for her leading role in Hedwig and the Angry Inch. Divina will be in Leeds on Saturday the 10th of February for an intimate solo performance at the Howard Assembly Room. Hi! Hi! How oh, are nice you? to meet you! Thank you so nice much! Nice to meet you too. I'm really excited to speak to you today. Thank you so much for agreeing to take part in the Artistic Futures podcast. Yeah, gorgeous. I'm probably the the most useless person to ask how to do anything. I'm not sure. <laughs> it's no. me, it's me 20 years to manage it, but I got here in the end. Well, I think we are all still learning, aren't we? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's I first came across Divina watching Ripple's Drag Race UK season one in 2019. And I also had a chance to see you starring in Edwick and the Angry Inch at the Leeds Playhouse a couple of years ago. And I was really blown away by your performance. Not only you are a wonderful actor, but also a fierce dancer and singer. And I wanted to maybe go back in time a bit and ask you where your love for performing comes from. Oh, wow. Okay. Where does my love for performing come from? I mean, one of my earliest memories is of being at junior school and I think I'm in reception at this point I seem to remember I'm sat right in the front and uh I don't know we were singing morning is broken or something like that yeah and the head teacher said oh we have a Pavarotti with us <laughs> pointing at me <laughs> so I just always loved singing mm-hmm. um and then I was really really lucky that I got the opportunity to perform um in all kinds of different places, one of the first things I was ever doing was, I mean, obviously the school shows, you know, I was a donkey. Yeah. <laughs> so I was doing that. And then I would, because I, I have always just sung very loudly, I was always given a, a solo in the, you know, yeah. school choir and, you know, all of that kind of stuff. So it was always, it was just something that I always did. Um mm-hmm. For as long as I can remember, you know, singing in church, singing in schools, singing in choirs, um, and then yeah, trying to be in as many different things as possible. Um, yeah. And growing up in and around West Yorkshire, 
at the time when I did, there was just an absolute avalanche. You know, there's just tons of different opportunities to get involved in things. And I was I was very lucky to be offered some of those opportunities. And when did I really start kind of falling in love with it? I guess I'd done The Sound of Music and I oh, was yeah. Friedrich in The Sound of Music. Um, but I had to sing Kurt's part because he couldn't sing high enough. And then I sort of started going to see lots of other musicals and that's where I sort of went, ah. Do you remember the first time you went to see a show and what impact did that have on you? I remember that one of the first shows I ever went to see was Joseph and his technical yeah. dream coat at the Alhambra. Mm. Um, and it felt sort of magical because the the cast come through the audience. So they come down the aisles and then get themselves up on stage. And that was kind of my first experience of that. And I'd always been going to see shows. The church that I went to, Central Methodist in Brickhouse, they always put on, you know, lots and lots of different shows. There were plays and then there were kind of um, variety cabaret style shows. Um, every year uh, they'd be doing stuff like that. And sometimes we were involved in them and sometimes we'd just go and watch them. I mean, it's just great fun, isn't it? I yeah. mean, who wants to work for a living when you can do that? <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. Are there key people who have inspired you or encouraged you? Uh, yes, the way? Oh, yeah. Alison Price-Jones, who is a founder member of Opera North, was my singing teacher. Oh, wow, brilliant. Um, yeah. And uh, she arrived at our high school at Rastrick High, Uh, I would have been 14, 15, kind of year 10 time. And it was just an absolute gift to have her in the school because she was teaching mm. woodwind, but then she was also teaching singing. And, you know, you've got this international soprano just on wow. turns up at your high school and yeah. starts teaching. I mean, and just one of the most kind, intelligent, so clever And just very beautiful, you know. She mm. she just has these incredible cheekbones. That just her entire face is just you know she's stunning. She's genuinely a very beautiful woman, and just insanely talented. You know, she would sing, and you'd just be mouth and, and gape yeah. at, at the incredible skill that she had. Has um, she still does bits and pieces? You know, she'd talk about it and she'd say, I get much more of a thrill watching and conducting all of you performing than I ever did, you know, performing on stage. Mm. Um, and, and I've done a bit of that as well. And it, yeah. when you've done that work with young people and then suddenly they're up on stage and doing it and they're really doing it and they, yeah. they've really taken on board everything and, and then they're bringing their own uh, self to the performance it's it's it is it's very thrilling watching It is amazing. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. young people take take hold of that performance um so yeah she was incredibly encouraging and um extraordinarily uh, supportive you know she um continuously would create opportunities for for me and for uh, you know hundreds and hundreds of other young people to participate in music and performing and um and learning and you know yeah. really drilling down into um, the music and working out not only 
what the notes are and the counts, but what is it about? Why are you, why are we, what's this about? Why are we here in the first place? What's it telling you? And of course, John, um, her husband, again, super supportive and creating just tons of opportunities for people. And then I, I have just been incredibly lucky to have very inspiring teachers and then people who I think I must just have this thing like I'm a little bit of a lost puppy because <laughs> <laughs> people always very generous with their time and their talents with what, me. What um, did you what did you study? Did you have any formal training as a performer? I took a year out before I went to university because yeah. um, I felt like education and school had been challenging. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I wanted a bit of time away from it. Yeah. Um, which was actually probably the best thing I've ever done because it made me realize that I never ever want to go back to doing those jobs. Well, you know what? <laughs> you know what? I think it's uh, actually really good advice for young people who, who end school and don't know what to do with their lives. Like, take a year off and figure it out. Yeah. I think it's fine. Yeah. I mean, I knew where I wanted to go. Yeah. Um, I knew what I wanted to do, but I just, I needed a break at that point. Mm. And it was, yeah. it genuinely, it was the best thing for me because, yeah. Yeah, it really stuck a boot up my bum. And it made me really go, okay, I, I don't want to work in a factory. I don't yeah. want to work in a shop. I don't want to work behind the counter doing things. It, this doesn't work for me. So yeah. I need to make sure that I absolutely squeeze the yeah, most yeah. out of my experience at university. Brilliant. So I went to Manchester Metropolitan, um, which at that time was based Uh, in Crew and Alsager for the the drama, the dance, and the music courses, yeah. um, and I did contemporary arts. So I was, you know, Brilliant. rolling around in no clothes in jam and just screaming to the <laughs> hills. It was very, very strange and very avant-garde um, yeah. stuff that we were making. And I, again, I had just some of the most incredible teachers and lecturers there I had a, a woman Sally O'Donnell who was my dance lecturer and she was my kind of main port of call for dance my singing teacher there was also really really good everybody was terrified of her but I like her you know when people mm -hmm. are like no no do it again think yeah. about this do, you know she's called Karen Ratcliffe and and I loved her where Alison is about drawing out the best of you Uh, Karen was very much more about what is the work, do the work, yeah. you know. Um, and you, need, you definitely that, need that. Exactly. Well. She's more yeah, of that yeah. kind of Maria Callas vibe. That <laughs> yeah. All the rest of it doesn't matter. Do the work. What yeah. is the work? Brilliant. That's what you're here to serve. Yeah. Um, great. So she was really great at that. And then I had this amazing accompanist, um, Tatiana, who we were doing... Um, cage she's asleep which um, there's no words it's all just kind of you're uh, creating your own syllabic phonations um, and it's a prepared piano so you're sort of going and she'd be going T -t 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 I'd start singing she'd go no you sing wrong you sing again no you sit like brilliant you know yeah no no messing You're not, you're not getting away with anything. Yeah. It's going to be right or it's not going to be. Um, right. And, and that sort of sets you up really well mm. for then going into doing stuff because it's not right. 
we're not this isn't going anywhere near a stage until it is right so it, it was a very broad and academic course actually that I mm-hmm. did but I again where am I how am I going to make this work for me so I was just in everybody's director's piece. I was in everybody's composition. I was in everybody's dance piece. I organized all the dance concerts. I learned how to use the lighting rigs in all of the spaces and how to run the sound systems and how to, oh, yeah. uh, you know, so I just. You did everything, that, basically. I did everything. <laughs> yeah. And that, and that yeah. I think, stood me in good stead to then, mm-hmm. when I'm working with other people, and I know that they're not doing it right, I can go, have you thought about if we did <laughs> this, it might, yeah. it, that might have a better, yeah. it might create the effect that we're wanting quicker and, you know, more effect, be more effective. That's um, great. How yeah. did you, how did you decide to get into drag? Is it something that came, came up to you one day as you woke up or is it something that came gradually to you? Yeah, it was sort of gradual. At university, I'd done a couple of electives um, looking at politics of performance and then looking at uh, gender performativity and all of that stuff. So I'd done tons and tons of reading. You know, I'd read reams and reams of books about it. And then, as I said, I was being used for lots of people's choreographies and stuff like that. And they were uh, pulling some of that element of stuff into their work. And then in director's pieces, they were putting me in drag. So I'd done little bits at uni and then I'd also gone, every time I'd gone for a costume, you know, party, a fancy dress party, I would go as a female character. Yeah. They always have the best outfit, you know. (laughs) Well, that's true. (laughs) (laughs) The men, oh, jeans and a t-shirt. Wow. How exciting. (laughs) Oh, boring. So that kind of piqued my interest. And then after university, I'm auditioning for lots of different Uh, dance companies and theatre companies I I was the best in the room you know I'd come out of the room and and I would get down to kind of the end but I wouldn't be picked and the people who would be picked would be like six foot two much bigger they look much more masculine Masculine, than I do yeah yeah. um and people you know after the auditions they'd be going I don't understand why you're not and I go look at who look at who's in the room look who they've kept You know, they're all enormous and I'm small and look like this and I sound like this. So there was an element of stopping being a round peg, trying to put myself in a square hole. You know, I look the way that I do. What's the product that I've got? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and how do I, again, how do I make that work for me and within the the Mm -hmm. framework of, you know, the industry? And so, you know, I can do my kind of own bits and pieces of dancing and stuff like that but everybody who works in the arts will tell you if you are working as a dancer don't expect to make any money and my husband then he'd been running nightclubs for 20 years employing drag queens and running nightlife really and he said to me look why don't you why don't you think about doing drag and so I did so I I actually I'd been on a Yorkshire Youth Choir course I, I I loved it. Just the, you know, the most incredible experience as a young person, but they kind of created roles for me, you know, so I was the librarian I or I, you know, yeah, yeah. Um, I would be doing different things. And I, uh, there'd be a talent show every week. So everybody would just do it. So quite often me and a friend would do a silly dance. Um, <laughs> and then this one uh, course in York, Alison suggested that we sang the cat duets. 
So she introduced me on stage as Madame Faracina. My last name's Farrow. And and so I, I started with that name. That was how I started ah, in drag, nice. Madame Faracina. And so I was singing things like uh, Viedmung, you know, but that doesn't necessarily work very well on a Friday night in a pub. <laughs> Why People not? I don't understand. I, <laughs> I, I couldn't understand it either. People no. weren't that up for Casta Diva at nine o'clock. I would Friday. love it. I would love I it. I mean, come on, what's wrong with you? Um, <laughs> so, again, I, I did that thing of looking at what, where am I? What yeah, is yeah. It that I've got, and what is it that, that the people around me actually want? Farachina was kind of going for about three, four years, and then I killed her off. She <laughs> became Divina de Campo. She had a terrible accident with a chandelier. Oh, very, yeah. um, that's very sad. Very phantom of the Opera, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And I imagine that, like any other art form, there's a lot of work and practice that goes into being a drag queen. Uh, do you have any routine or practice habits or what does that invo involve? How do you, yeah, how do you get to do what you do? I think drag is like opera, you know, the very kind of notion of opera in that it takes from every artistic uh, avenue and yeah. puts it all together in one space. As a drag queen, you are a... A, a one woman band so you're the director the choreographer the producer the lighting designer the sound designer you are doing basically everything it takes over your entire life and you are constantly doing things so at the moment I've been invited to an event celebrating LGBTQ history month so I'm making an outfit for that It's at the Houses of Commons. Um, wow. And, and so I've, I've taken everything that our government has said about uh, gay and trans people for the last 10 years. Yeah. And that's going to be on a dress. In terms of practice, it's always about, for me, what's the next thing that you're developing? So I've been working yeah. really hard on developing my makeup. Um, over the last four years, I have been having some uh, issues vocally. So now I need to go back to the drawing board with it and go, okay, back to the technique, back to everything that you you know what you should be doing and and take out some of the stuff that you know. Oh, cool. you've 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 gone all fireworks like is it, is it New Year somewhere? I don't know why that happened. That's very strange, isn't it? I didn't yeah. press anything. Um so yeah, just constantly going back to What's the technique? Yeah. What can you do? How can you develop it? Because it's so, everything is so quickly lost, isn't it? Yeah, you know, yeah. that's the thing. You've mentioned that slightly, but do you feel that Divina is part of you, which I imagine is probably the answer, or do you approach her as a bit more of a character? Uh huh. I sort of see Divina as a magnification of me as a human being, you know? Mm -hmm. There are, I'm quite serious, really, as a as a meat sack. Um, I, um, you know, I'm interested in politics. I'm interested in the things that are a real impact on our day to day lives. And Davina doesn't necessarily do very much of that because it wouldn't make sense. I see my sort of role in Davina as helping people to have a really good time and forget about what's got the world is really crazy especially at the minute and I think my role 
at least up until now, has always been create a space where people are safe and we can kind of push some of those troubles and some of those worries to one side and just be in a room having a great time with everybody else in the room. I've heard it all, but now I say enough is enough. You try to pull me down, so I just drag myself back up. You made a comparison between drag and opera, so I was wondering if you've ever been to the opera and what you yeah. saw. What you saw? Oh my God, absolutely. I love opera. Yeah. I'm a massive um, Maria Callas and Joan Sutherland fan. Things that are really inspiring to me are the things that I can't do. But clearly, if I worked hard enough, I could. Yeah, yeah. Joan Sutherland's, it, she had a talent, but it wasn't all natural. There's she, a lot of work behind. There's a lot of work, exactly. Yeah. And so, it, again, it was that thing at, at university of, of lecturers going, do the work. And what are the operas that I've seen? I saw um, Madame Butterfly. There's um, not far from All Sager, there's a, an, a smaller opera company called Clonta Opera. Mm. And they do operas in essentially it's a cow shed. Um, oh, wow. And, and there, are bales of, there are bales of hay for people to sit on. Um, I so I saw Madame Butterfly there. Um, that was it was great. What I find interesting in opera is still uh, placing people who are clearly uh, the wrong age. <laughs> yeah. so the person they're playing op opposite. <laughs> so I saw yeah, that happens. I, I think Traviata. I think it happens less and less though. Like um, yeah, yeah. I saw Traviata and the tenor who is the son was at least 20 years older than the baritone <laughs> who is who is the father uh, at least at least 20 years older yeah you will be performing at the Howard assembly room in leeds on the 10th of february in a show called an evening with divina um mm. can you tell us a little bit about what to expect yes um so this is a kind of a breakdown of How to cut your teeth as an old school drag queen. <laughs> so I'll be taking you through the steps and uh, the divas and the different things that you need in order to really call yourself a drag queen, in my opinion. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, so there's, there's uh, lots of divas in there. There's um, some naughty bits. So this is not don't bring your children for this particular show. Please don't bring any 12 year olds. <laughs> um, yes. Uh, and and it should just be lots of fun. And I'm uh, I've got Rick Neal with me, who is um, he's a, a lecturer in pop music and he is fantastic. He's really just an absolute scream to be on stage with. So that it'll be lots of fun and lots of silliness and lots of very bad dad jokes. <laughs> oh, we love the dad joke. It's great. <laughs> Can't wait. 
would you have any advice for young people interested in getting into performing and making a career out of it? Yeah, absolutely. So um, if you are lucky enough to be based in West Yorkshire like I was, um, there is tons going on. There, there always has been. Um, you've got Actors Workshop. There's stuff with Opera North going on with Noel. Um, there's uh, all kinds of different choirs and orchestras um, and things like that going on. Tons of Amdram that happens. There is, you know, uh, loads of dance stuff like that. And and what I would say is, do everything, do it all. Go and have a gorgeous time and do it all. And and listen to the people in front of you and watch everybody around you and try and take, 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 take from everybody. Um, because everybody, no matter how much or little they've done, has got something to teach you. Everybody. And sometimes, I, I'm going to tell you a terrible thing, my ballet classes at uni, not everybody was very good at it. And what I found most useful was looking at the people who weren't very good at it, <laughs> pulling apart what wasn't very good and turning that on its head. How do I flip that for me yeah. physically to make it better? Sometimes that's actually more useful than trying to pull apart why somebody is so good at something. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think that's really good advice, that. I mean, it's naughty. <laughs> no, it's naughty, but like, also, like, if you go and see a play that is really bad, try to understand yeah. why you think it's really bad. And then, and you, then you make your mind up about what you think is good. And, you know, that's, yeah. that's how you learn as well, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And just be really open to stuff. You know, like I, I said, my degree was uh, in contemporary art. So I did a lot of very, very strange things. Um, but that has then set me up to do other work later on. And any advice for anybody who would be contemplating starting doing drag? Oh, don't. There's far too many <laughs> of us. <laughs> uh, okay, my, so I, I'll talk about this in the show. But drag is about having a perspective. If your whole perspective is about the makeup, you're not really doing drag. So think about what it is that you've got to say. What is it that you have to say and what do you want to say? I'm working with um, a writer at the moment and she put it in the most brilliant terms um, about writing a show. What's the emergency? Why are you there? And yeah. that's what I would say is if your emergency is I'm beautiful, good, great. I love that for you. Now what? Because having I've worked with tons and tons of drag race girls and I've worked with drag queens for an eternity. I am as old as the hills. And the queens who work and continue to work don't just go on stage and go, I'm beautiful. Of course. yeah, Because that's 10 seconds. I suppose it's also about being able to um, make fun of yourself, isn't it? 100%. I always say that you should take the work seriously, but if you're taking yourself seriously, yeah. you've got it wrong. Yeah, you know? yeah. You're you're not there as the person, you're there as the conduit for the night, for the yeah. work. But for I the think laughter, that's for 
that's true in every way of life, I think. Yeah, 100%. And as a performer, yeah. as a performer, very differently. You are there yeah. as a conduit for the work and you bring yourself to the work 100% and you have to in order to make it live. But as soon as you start putting yourself before that, actually there's a problem because yeah. it becomes more about ego and about um, some kind of narcissistic cathartic experience for you yeah, yeah. than it does about what's on stage. And it, it should always be about what's on stage. That's my advice for anybody who wants to perform or wants to do drag. You know, what is it that, that you, you are doing and why are you doing it? Brilliant. Thank you so much. A last two question, if you don't mind. What is the most challenging aspect of your work? And then maybe what's the best thing about it? Oh, wow. Um, the most challenging bit of my work. Oh, it's, it's getting it all done quite a lot of the time. There is so much to do in drag, you know, because I'm, I, I'm not a professional wig maker or hairdresser I'm not a professional sewer I'm not a professional makeup artist I you know I'm not professional in any of those yeah. um, areas but everything has to look right before you step on stage so um, getting it all done and then quite often it's communicating that with the other people that you're working with you know whether that's the sound technician or the lighting designer or um, it's Uh, navigating the communications yeah. side of stuff I think yeah and the admin I hate admin I'm rubbish at it mm -hmm. and then the joy the joy is just I really enjoy the process I really enjoy the process of starting with an idea or there's an inspiration or there's a song or there's a, a costume or You know, you start with this one thing and then you build it into something much, much bigger. Yeah, it's the the process and then people's reactions. You know, when you've mm -hmm. done it right and people are here and they, they're with you, that's really thrilling. Yeah. You've been listening to the Artistic Futures podcast with the gorgeous Divina De Campo. If you have any burning question for future guests or would like to suggest people you would like to meet, please email education at opfornorth.co.uk. You can also find us on Instagram, search Opfornorth Learning. See you next time! <laughs>